What is a dream that you have? Or what is something that is on your bucket list to do one day? Well, Brad Gray from Walking the Text is joining me today, and you will find that he is fascinating. Brad is currently working on a television series called The Sacred Thread that will be featured on potential platforms like Netflix, Amazon Prime, and other streaming platforms. I brought Brad on today to talk about not only about The Sacred Thread, but I wanted to hear how he's able to balance his family life, lessons he's learned from Donald Miller, and hear about his discernment process of how he ended up here in Nashville, Tennessee. We had an amazing conversation over coffee today. My name's Noah Corston, and welcome to the Four Seas Podcast. And be sure to stick around towards the end because I got a special surprise for those of you that stick around today. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Brad, welcome to the podcast. It's an honor to have you back on again. Hey, it's great to be here, Noah. Thank you. Yeah, I I know we talked off air a little bit, but one of the things I appreciate about you is you are the king of connecting on and off camera. I think you're an incredible communicator and you know how to connect with your audience. But I know this was about a year and a half ago. You probably don't even remember this conversation. We had a Zoom like we're doing now because we're recording over Zoom right now. And you just planted the seed of Nashville in my head. And I just, I didn't think anything of it. I never pictured living in Nashville, Tennessee, but here we are, you know, you're not too far from where I'm at here in Nashville. We go to the same church and I just appreciate, you know, just a little thing, a little conversation that God had. And you're one of the many influences that brought us here and man, to God be the glory, man. I, I really appreciate just, uh, yeah, just your friendship, your leadership, and just, just your vision for, for the season for us. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Noah. And it's always fun just to hear how God works in the midst of conversations. What may seem like a random offhanded comment is a directly placed, you know, word from God that God's going to use in someone's life. So it's just incredible. It's awesome just to be reminded of all the many ways that God is investing in all of our stories in ways that we see and mm-hmm. that we don't see. And then when they come to fruition, we're able to look back and string those together and go, man, in those times where I felt like God wasn't working, he was working and, and yeah. I now see that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim, Tim be the glory. He's, he's the amazing, he, he's the most amazing connector. <laughs> so. Amen. Well, I know our listeners know a little of my story of how we ended up here in Nashville, but I mean, take us to your journey. How, how did you and your family end up here in Nashville, Tennessee? Yeah, this is one of those wild moments in your own story that you look back on and you just go kind of only God to, to be able to put this together this way. But I was a teaching pastor for just a a wonderful church in West Michigan. And over the course of a two-week time period, um, it'll be seven years this August that this happened. So um, it's been, but it feels like yesterday, you know, it was just one of those really bizarre times where I was in a phenomenal environment, doing what I love to do, teaching the Bible, working with an outstanding team. Uh, We were a a large church, completely debt-free, number one missions-giving church in our denomination in the world. Dave would be proud on the debt-free part. Oh, yes, exactly. Totally. (laughs) And, you know, and just in the midst of that, my wife and I had a two-week time period where Nashville showed up 10 different times in what seemed like the most random of ways. Like, it was just a two-week window where... We had no idea anything was changing. And at the end of those two weeks, we looked at each other and we said, we have no idea what God is doing, but I I think I'm supposed to resign and 
moved to Nashville. Wow. And literally that was it. Now those, those, the times that Nashville showed up during those two weeks is in and of itself its own story, but it almost became so obnoxious that we couldn't not pay attention to what God was seemingly doing and working through with a couple of our mentors. I mean, we've got a, a, a discernment process that we go through whenever we're making a significant decision. And we went through that during those two weeks and, you know, our closest mentors and friends were like, yeah, we don't know what God is doing, but God is clearly mm. moving you, you know, to the Nashville area. And once we emerged out of that two week time period, it was a week and a half later, I stood in front of our church and said, hey, we're leaving and we have no idea why. Mm. And it was just crystal clear that we needed to go. It was fuzzy as all get out as to why. Mm. And really from that moment that we made that decision to move to the Nashville area, it was almost 15 months later before oh we got gosh. our really next big step of, this is why I moved you here. This wow. is this is what you need to do. So it was exhilarating and challenging, um, at times very um, almost depressing because you're just sitting mm. there going, God, I we, we moved our family. We moved because we were so certain that this is what... We, that you called us to do. And I really believe in that 15 month period, God was, was doing a lot in us mm. in order to be able to do something through us. But, um, wow. and I still think that there are a lot of things I don't know today, what, what God was actually doing. And I'll look back and go, Oh, that's when God was shaping that in our own story. But, um, mm. yeah, that's, that's how we got here. We literally came here. We saw 24 different houses. We had an amazing realtor, Wow. Um, and we ended up the 24th house we saw is the one that we still live in now, you know, six, awesome. uh, six and a half years later. <laughs> and it's a beautiful house. Uh, oh, you're, appreciate it. Thank you. It is. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's fun to, to hear just a little of your story and I would love to camp out just for a second. This isn't in the notes and I, I, I figured we'd probably go off script a little bit, which is, is fine with me. That's, I, I love found... off script. I love off road. I love <laughs> off the beaten path. I'm, we can go anywhere. Let's go. We're going to camp out. But one of the things that I want to camp out for a second is your discernment process. You know, I think some people that are listening right now will be like, are you sure it wasn't God? Like, are you sure God was talking to you? Or was that just a little old funky voice in your head? I mean, for you and your wife, what 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 did that discernment process look like? Because I know that's not always easy for people. Like, what did that look yeah. like for you guys? Yeah. You know, this was a question that we got so many times since moving that we, I put together a short TED talk length teaching on discerning God's will based on us, not only just moving to Nashville, but this isn't our first rodeo with God where we do something and people kind of look at us like, are you sure, you know, that's, that's God, you know, speaking to you <laughs> and, and having been a pastor for you know, over a decade uh, before moving here, you know, I've had conversation after conversation with people say, God told me, and there's times where I'm sitting there going, I'm not sure what God told you what, but <laughs> I'm not sure that's the same God I serve, you know, so there, there is a bit of a, of a process and, and it's not like a step-by-step. -step. That's one of the things that I've, that I have found in my own story is that there are commonalities between every single time God has called us to do something, mm. but it wasn't like this happened and this happened and this happened. And there's always kind of like a seven step process, you know, and it's sequential, but we were able to identify, you know, 
seven things that just have been part of every major move that we have made. And one of those has always been just this little undercurrent of something was changing and, and we couldn't quite put our finger on it, but it was like, something's not right. Maybe it's not necessarily something's wrong, but just something doesn't feel completely right. Like something is, 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 is changing. Something is happening. Um, you know, and for me, for this time around that had been going on for a year and it was nothing like, Oh, a big move is coming and we're going to move from Michigan to Nashville. It was just, okay, something's, something's happening. Hmm. And then there's always just this catalyst moment, um, where we have a conversation or an event occurs and it like wakes us up to the idea that something is unfolding. So like, for example, for this one, my wife and I were having dinner one night and I had just come up from my home office in the basement and I had seen something um, about this company called StoryBrand. And StoryBrand had had started in, in Portland, had moved to Nashville, Don Miller, CEO of the company. They had been putting out some really great communication stuff. And I've been a student of communication for, you know, almost 20 years now. And I'm always Mm. on the lookout for the best resources. Who are the most effective communicators? What are they doing? How are they doing it? And I saw this thing by StoryBrand and I just made this seemingly flippant comment where I said to my wife, I said, Hey, if God ever called me out of being full-time in a local church, I think it'd be really cool to partner with a company like StoryBrand because communication is something that a lot of pastors and teachers don't really get in seminary. And a lot of pastors want to be able to grow. And I said, I would love to be able to help people do that. And my wife just said, well, where are they located? And it wasn't like, oh, I think we should move to Nashville. It was, I just said, oh, they're, they're in Nashville. And that's all I said. And three days later, after our kids got up from dinner, my wife just said to me, she said, Brad, when you said Nashville the other day, she goes, something happened in that moment. And she just goes, I've just got a feeling some, something's changing in our story. Wow. And then it was over the next, you know, 10 to 12 days where Nashville just kept coming up in the most seemingly bizarre ways. And so it was, you know, a process of there's an undercurrent. There's usually some kind of an inciting incident. It's a film term. You know, it's the it's the event that starts to spin a story into action. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sense of my wife and I are always in communication about something's going on. And we're, we're processing it together. We're both praying together and praying separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going before our mentors and we're just saying, hey, here are these things that have happened. This conversation happened. This thing popped. And they join us in prayer as well. And then there becomes like this moment where God does something that in a sense confirms the assumption that we're operating under. Wow. And and for me, it happened in my, my home office. It was just one of the few moments that I can look back on and go, it wasn't an audible spoken word, but it was as clear as day that it came from God. Ooh. I don't only get emotional, but man, it dropped me to my knees and I, I like literally lost it in tears. Mm. And then we just basically said, we're, we're making the move. Like, and at that point, all of those pieces adding up prayer, conversation, talking to 
you know, um, mentors and having them discern alongside of us, taking into consideration everything. There was never a moment where it was like, this is 100% clear, but it was a moment where we said, we have enough that we're going to jump. Wow. And we don't know how we're going to land. We don't know what that's going to look like, but we're going. And, and that's how it's been in every major move that we have made. Those pieces have all been there, not necessarily in the same order, but they've always been there. And it's given mm. us enough to go, we got to go. Wow. Yep. And, and again, the first, first year that we were here in the Nashville area, um, I mean, we were burning through savings left and right. Like I had speaking engagements. I had trips that I was leading to, to the Middle East. Um, there was, there were things that I was doing, but nothing that was sustainable long-term. And mm -hmm. we moved from a market that was twofold, what we came out of. And my first year here in the Nashville area, I made 40% that first year than what I made as a pastor. Oh my God. So all of a sudden we're like, God, did we hear you? Right. Cause there are those dark days. There are those moments where you're challenging or, or questioning God, what is going on? But it was just people being with me on that journey going, listen, you didn't, you didn't hear wrongly. God's mm -hmm. doing something. Be patient, be a good steward of what you have. And in due time, things will, things will become known. And that happened, but it was a much longer process of getting to that uh, point. Can only imagine any other significant move that we had made, but, wow. but God's been faithful and Amen. we've been, you know, grateful for just what he continues to do. Um, and just being in here, you know, in this area has just been such an amazing gift for the church community we're part of the friends that we've made, what God is doing just in middle Tennessee. I mean, it's, that's it's a really re remarkable yeah. place to be. So we, we love being here. Our family is rooted here. Good. Um, we're grateful. Well, thank you. And, you know, for, for some of our listeners, if I, this is a, you know, sound only podcast, but you know, there's, there's, you can see the emotion in Brad's face when, when you say that. And it's cool because I'm sure your mind goes to all the trials and many thoughts of, all right, God, did I hear you? But we're seeing some of the fruit and we're going to talk about some of that fruit that's coming off the tree with that. And one of these days I'm going to have to do, do a Joe Rogan style, this podcast, cause I could be with you for hours, but I want to honor your time. But one of the things that I appreciate about you among many is I think you are one of the best communicators, not only in Nashville, but I think in the country um, I've, I've, you know, highlighted many books because of you, of, of your recommendations. One of those is talk like Ted, I know one of those resonates another one for me that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're an incredible communicator. And oftentimes right now, one of the reasons that we're doing these, this podcast is people don't know how to communicate or connect with the people around them. Were you born as a communicator? Like what, what, how did you become the communicator that you are today on, on stage? You know, I, I'd love to, to, for you to share just a little, your, your piece of advice of how, how are you communicating and connecting with your, your family too? Like, that you guys have been through a lot these last few years and kind of a loaded, loaded question a little bit, but sure. I'd love to highlight just high level of where, where, where you're at with all those things. Yeah. You know, I had a, a specific moment of revelation probably 17 years ago or so where I was in front of and, and one-on-one -on -one with what I thought was one of the best communicators in the country, if not in the world. 
And all of a sudden we started talking through his process of communication. And I was, I was, I was awoken to the reality awoken. Is that, um, is that the right word? We're talking about being good communicators. <laughs> I'm not even using great words. It, it, it just allowed me to recognize that the most effective communicators in the world are deliberate in everything that they are doing. They have a structure. Mm. They know where they're going, why they're going there, what they're going to say, and how they're going to say it in a way that's going to be able to enlighten, encourage, motivate, challenge their audience. And I was always under the assumption that great communicators just stood up and you know, they could wing it. And they would move a crowd and people would just be, you know, awestruck by how powerful their words were. And every single great communicator has a system. They had to learn how to be effective. They weren't just able to stand up and, you know, intuitively be fantastic at what they did. And when I believed that to be true of the communicator that I was talking to, and then he walked me through his entire system for communication, everything that's on the back end. It encouraged me because I went, wow, this is, these are principles that I can learn to be a more effective communicator. Like I don't mm. have to begin with the premise. Do I have it or do I, do I not? You know, mm, now granted, some people just inherently feel more comfortable on stage so there might be more of, uh, you know, less of a hurdle to get over as far as the fear factor of, of standing in front of an audience. But some of the folks that are born intuitively with the ability to comfortably stand in front of a crowd, try to wing it, yeah. and they are way less effective than what they mm. could be. It's almost kind of like they're going, I've got charisma, I've got comfort on stage, so apparently I'm born to do this. And it's like, if you don't know what you're doing, why you're doing it and how you're going to do it, you are missing out on the ability to really offer your audience something meaningful mm -hmm. and helpful for them, you know, on their journey. And what that also does is that when people begin to realize that there is a system that you can adopt. And it's not just a, it's not like a copy paste from person to person. It's, there are principles and strategies that, that you learn and you meld into who you are from a, your personality perspective. Like it's not a one size mm. fits all, but there are certain principles. There are certain strategies that you can learn that helps you become a better you in the communication process. And it can allow people who maybe think I could never stand on stage. I could never talk to a group. Like it just, I'm scared by that. When you have a system and you've got principles and strategies that you're operating from, it gives you the confidence to know that you can grow in this area and you can offer something to your audience that is meaningful and helpful. And, and when I was brought into that awareness, like it excited me because I realized that all of the greatest communicators were doing all of the same things. They were wow. operating with the same principles, but they had adopted those principles in a way that fit their personality. And they were able to communicate, you know, um, from a, 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 a place of integrity for who they were, but they're all using the same strategies. And as people learn those, they can become more effective in the communication process. That's good. 
Now, when you take off the cape and you come home, what does that look like with your family? Like you, you did this massive talk, you, you know, you're speaking across the country. One of the things that I'm excited is you're going to be speaking at Ramsey here soon. So by the time this is probably out, you're pr probably going to be be out there. And so I'm really excited for you to be speaking, but you speak all over the country. But I, one of the things that I've learned from you too, is that integrity piece you, you mentioned that, like, yeah. what, what does that look like once you're home? Cause I know some, some of these speakers that I I've even worked with, they're these charismatic leaders at times. And then they go home they don't have the best relationship with their family, but it's different. Like I've seen with you, with your family, I've met your kids. They're great. Your dog is, is a hoot. <laughs> I, he was even a, a prop for at church of the city. I mean, you mentioned it like he's yeah, yeah. He's great. Like how, how do you, how do you bring that home? And you know, like the normalness of once you get home. Yeah. So I would, let me reverse that. Um, one of the things that I always want, to be able to do on stage when I'm interacting with people is to feel like we're all sitting around a giant living room in my home, you know? So for me, the communication process, it's a conversation. It's a conversation that I've thought through deeply and widely in order to ensure that my audience is getting something that is impactful and meaningful to them but I want it to sound like a conversation. I, I want it to mm. feel like that when I stand on stage, that we're sitting around this giant living room talking about the most important things, you know, in, in life, whether it's important to me or important to you. And so when I get done and I come home, like I want to be the same person I am at home as I am on the stage. You know, when my mm, kids... Good sit and listen to me speak at church or, you know, I speak at other, you know, um, companies and do devos and I try to take my kids with me or, you know, I'm, I'm super excited and jazzed because in two and a half weeks, you know, from where we're, you know, recording this right now, my oldest is coming with me on his very first Israel trip. So I've been Wow. Been doing these two week in depth biblical study hiking trips to Israel and Turkey since 2010. My oldest is 15 and a half, and they've never been on a trip with me because they're they're not bus tours. They're 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 intense study trips to Israel, and every single thing that comes out of my mouth, I want my son to be standing there and going, "Yeah, that's how he is as a, that's how he is at home. That's how he treats our neighbor." Like. My dad is not different on this trip than what I see at home. Like I'm going to see him in a different light because I haven't sat and listened to my dad teach for two straight weeks before. But every every time we're talking text and all that, like the integrity standard is 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 my family. My family mm. is my litmus test of whether or not I'm being true to who God has created me to be in all situations, because it's your family that sees you at your best and at your worst, hmm. you know? And so, so when I come, when I'm done with stage and I come home, like if my family is there, I don't want them to be going, you know, you said this on stage, but that's not really how you are. Like that to me hmm. is devastating. And there are times where, I will come home and I will say to my family, was there anything that you heard today that I'm actually not living out, that I'm inviting others to do, mm. but that's not true of me? 
Because if, if that's the case, then I'm not intentionally not being a person of integrity, but I'm living life divided. And, wow. and, and my family is going to let me know whether I'm the same person on stage than I'm at home. Wow. What a powerful question. And I'm sure some of our listeners right now are asking the same question, you know? So I, I thank you for reflecting that mirror a little bit. And that's something that I'm definitely going to be asking myself a little bit more because I want to protect that at all costs, especially, you know, as, as my wife and I were, were pretty new in our marriage, but you know, for, for our family going forward, having those boundaries. So that's good. Oh man. So many routes. I want to take this conversation, but I, one thing that I still want to highlight just a little bit of the communication piece. You mentioned it earlier in the conversation. Um, you know, you work with a plethora of people, but one of those people is Donald Miller at StoryBrand, And I, I think you're, you're one of the best storytellers that I've personally heard myself as well. Um, I'd love to just to hear a little bit like what what is Donald Miller and just StoryBrand, you know, working with StoryBrand in the ways that you have, what what have they taught you about telling a good story? And why is that important at all facets of life? Yeah. You know, that was one of the ironic pieces about moving down here is that I didn't move down here to eventually you know, work with StoryBrand, but that was one of the things that God allowed me to be able to do. Um, once we moved down here after about that first year came to a close, I got pulled into StoryBrand and then actually um, got to work with them for four years. So I've now scaled out of StoryBrand, did that last year, um, but I'm Congrats. a huge fan and we do everything StoryBrand as far as at our organization, walking the text and what we're trying to do with with some other big projects that we're working on, because I just believe in the story brand framework um, so much. And so for those who aren't familiar with story brand, it is a messaging and marketing company that is now based in Nashville and has helped thousands and thousands and thousands of companies to truly clarify their message. And any mm. part of the communication process is you always want to communicate clearly and compellingly, whatever it is that you're trying to get across, you know, if you're a company that has, you know, products and services, you want to be able to clearly communicate, this is what we do, this is how it's going to help you if we're for you, and here's what you need to do in order to have this own, you know, this problem resolved in your life. Because anytime you're looking for something, whether you're looking for a product or a service, you're trying to solve some kind of problem in your own life. And... And the thing about the story brand framework is it helps people to funnel their message through a framework that works. You know, we are people mm. who are being bombarded with thousands of messages a day. And because we're constantly taking in all of these messages, we've gotten really good at giving only eyes and ears to those things that capture our attention, that we actually want to engage with, that we think in some way is going to help us do something better or resolve some kind of problem that we have in our life. Mm. And too often people have really great things to offer, but they don't know how to communicate that clearly, that people mm. are able to discern instantaneously, is this for me or is this not for me? Like the worst thing you can do is offer something and someone goes, yeah, I'm not quite sure if that's for me or not. Like if there isn't the quick clarity of that's a yes or a no, then we're not communicating clearly enough. And what I love about the story brand framework is it allows people who are doing really great things 
to become laser focused on how they're communicating what they're doing in a way that allows people who need their products and services to hear clearly enough that this is for them and that they can respond and, ta and take action. So yeah. that that's that's one of the things that I just I love. It organizes it for people. You know, it's yeah. hey, have you asked these you know seven key questions or these five key questions about you know who is your audience and what do you offer and and how are you doing it in in a way that's connecting with them at these you know various levels and it's just built around the idea of story. There's a reason why we love going to the movies. There's a reason why we spend so much time on Amazon Prime or Netflix, arguably too much time, you know, on those platforms. Amen. We love a we love a really great story. And there are stories that we engage with because there are elements to those stories that capture our attention. And mm. the same thing that allows us to love stories can be applied to communication. And that's what the story brand, you know, framework, that's what, you know, Don and his team put together was a was a helpful framework that people can funnel their messaging through to ensure that they're communicating clearly to their audience. Well, I wanted to take a quick pause today and share some fun news that we're going to be doing with the podcast. We're going to be sticking to two Tuesdays a month with longer formatted episodes of the podcast. Now we're going to be having episodes once a week. Every other week now, we're going to be having five to 10 minute episodes of the podcast. So I've had a lot of guests on previous podcasts I've done, and I want you to hear from them to help you connect a little bit more, but in bite-sized chunks. So you're not listening to a longer formatted podcast every week, but some weeks you'll get long formatted episodes. And then the week after that, you'll be getting shorter format. So we're, we're going to, we're going to go back and forth between long format and short format podcasts, but I think you're really going to enjoy what we have. But I don't want to hold you back too much. Let's dive right back in with Brad. Well, one of the reasons that you're probably, you know, that you left StoryBrand is you're working on this little project called The Sacred Thread. And I think it would be an injustice if we did not talk about that because, folks, this is going to be incredible. I have Brad... Uh, gave me a little preview into what this is going to be. And wow, it is exciting. I got chills just talking about it uh, because this thing is going to be incredible. I, I, I'd love for you to just invite our listeners in a little bit. I mean, what, tell us about the sacred thread. They're like sacred thread. I, what is, is, is that just a name? Like, is that just, I mean, what, tell us about this project you're working on. Yeah, we, this is, this was a, a project that was birthed in COVID. So, um, you wow. know, when everybody, when everything went under, you know, in a very short period of time, our organization, which we create these resources and study trips to the Middle East to help people to understand the Bible in its original context. And so there's a number of different things that we do. And in the midst of when COVID set in, um, the national conference that we run, that was gone. The trips to the Middle East, those were gone. All my speaking mm. engagements, those were gone. Um, mm. The one thing that wasn't gone was what we do online by putting together these 15 to 20 minute TED talk length teachings on stories of the Bible and helping people to understand the Bible in its original context. So what's the history? What's the geography? What's the cultural backgrounds? Basically, what's everything that the writers in the Bible assumed their audience knew so they didn't spend time talking about those things because they weren't writing in a way thinking, 
oh man, 2,000, 3,000 years later, people are going to be reading our stuff and we need to make sure that they know, you know, our cultural landscape in order to yeah. understand what I'm writing. And so you know, that was the biggest revelation for me is, is having lived and studied in the Middle East, having been a teaching pastor for, you know, a number of years, most people have never been taught the context related to the Bible. And we're just missing out on so many pieces of the biblical story. And it's why for so many people, the Bible can be difficult to read. You know, this is a mm. very different world from 2000 years ago, 3000 years ago, longer than that. And what we wanted to do was, was, was to start something that could create uh, resources that people could engage with that would fill in the gaps for them that would allow them to have, you know, a, a sense of um, of joy and excitement coming to their Bibles every day where it doesn't feel like it's a chore, but it feels like it's an adventure, that you are mm. seeing things that you've never seen before, that you're learning things you've never learned before. And we're just creating these resources completely free for people to engage with, both at a podcast mm. level and at a teaching level as far as you know, a YouTube channel and everything's available at walkingthetext.com. They're video teachings. And so they're highly, highly visual. We're showing maps and drone footage and just the most amazing pictures from the biblical world, both archaeologically as well as from artist renderings to help people to get into these stories. Mm -hmm. And so we've been doing this now, you know, we're in our sixth year of creating these resources. And when COVID hit, we were looking at how do we take this to the world, not in just a 15 to 20 minute, you know, TED talk length style teaching, because sure. people have been accessing these resources, you know, all around the world because it's a YouTube channel. It's on our website. It's completely available for free for people around the world. But we wanted to think in terms of how do we contend at the crossroads of culture with a landmark television series that would be done at the highest quality that would allow us to reach the masses and to be able to do it where we could reach people all around the world dubbing and translating you know into you know wow. 15 of the top world languages spoken by over 4 billion people to mm. give people an experience with the biblical story that they've never had before. And so we started working on this idea for this landmark television series. And God has been just showing up at every single corner, guiding this process. And where we are at in the process right now is that people can actually go and watch the trailer. They can watch the first episode. Mm. It's available at the sacredthread.tv. Um, or dot com or dot everything else. We own them all. <laughs> you know, it'll take them yeah. to the sacred thread.tv. I'll attach that in the podcast notes too. Yeah. And 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 we we wanted to be able to um create something that would be, you know, of the highest quality. So walking mm. the text, the organization that that I run, you know, we've partnered with another group in Middle Tennessee and Franklin, Evolve Studios, a six-time Emmy Award-winning production studio. They've got over 50 nominations. They do top programming with ESPN, National Geographic, Discovery Channel, top vendor for Netflix. I mean, they are a premier full-service production studio, and wow. all of their leaders and founders are passionate followers of Jesus. And this is the first 
quote unquote Christian media project they've ever taken on. And so collectively we are creating a docu-series show that will be on every major platform. It's the highest quality. I mean, when you're working with people that already do the top stuff for, you know, a a national geographic, like it feels like a national geographic, but it's Mm. biblically based, it's teaching oriented and using, you know, visual effects. Everything is original. People are not going to see this anywhere else. It's all been built in house. We've got literally a world class team building a docu-series, you know, show right now wow. that God willing will be available, you know, around the world in the next couple of years. So we're in that process right now where the first episode is completed. Um, we're now using that episode to fundraise for the rest of season one. It's, it's all ready to go. Um, it's just, you know, God bringing in what we need in order for us to be able to film the rest of season one and to be able to get it out there. But we've already got distribution channels um, globally Mm. uh, aligned and figured out. So it's an exciting time period. And we've really built this, you know, for, you know, anyone who's interested in the Bible, but particularly for, you know, the younger generations, this is going to resonate at an even deeper level because, you know, for those who are, you know, 20 to 50, this is the sweet spot for, engaging the Bible in a way that they've never seen before and in a way that we believe will help transform their relationship, you know, with Jesus Christ. Wow. So you think we'll see you on Netflix? Uh, um, we're hoping to be on every major platform. So wow. it will, be. so, so God, God, God willing, it, God willing, it will be. Yes. Wow. We're at, we both go to church of the city and we're in a series called digital detox currently. So yeah. this will give me a reason to watch Netflix. So this, well, we are doing a digital <laughs> detox from our phone, but you, know, you can watch it on your laptop or your, you know, your yep. tablet. So yeah, no, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. I think one, one of the things among many Brad is uh, we have a mutual friend, Dan Webster, and yeah. he calls you the Christian rabbi. <laughs> and I think it's so fitting because your ministry is taking off and the, what we started this podcast off talking about how you and your wife, you know, we're discerning like what, what does Nashville look like? And we're starting to see the fruit of that. And I'm so thankful that you guys have done that because I mean, I personally want to thank you for all you've done that the teaching series, I can't recommend it enough Um, from, I love my favorite is one of your older series, the Psalm 23. Yeah. When you talked about Psalm 23, it helped so much to see how Jesus is the good shepherd. Um, and what what I appreciate is your ministry talks about the Jewishness of Jesus, how how important that is and how why that, that plays into the biblical model of today. But you not only have that, you know, y- your other series, The Armor of God, which was incredible. I could talk about your series all day, but you're you're literally going after the the Christian space of let's do something that's good. You know, you guys are probably going to be in, you know, the chosen space. Like we when we think of Christian media today, we think of the chosen, but you guys want to create something that's world class and not, you know, not saying that everything that that is Christian can be cheesy at times. But it, sometimes it is. And I know that you guys are fighting against that. I mean, like, what what do you feel like separates this series in particular among any other thing that that I, that we've seen in the Christian space? Like, 
I'd love for you to highlight that if if you're if you're at liberty to say that. Oh, absolutely. No, I, you know, we we begin with the premise that Christian media should be excellent. And it shouldn't just meet industry standards. And we're not talking Christian yeah. media industry standards. We're talking industry standards, Hollywood industry standards. Is that Christian media shouldn't just meet industry standards, it should exceed them. I mean, we've got the greatest story Amen. in human history. And so, uh, you know, there's been a lot that has been done in the name of, you know, Christian media that has been acceptable for a long time, that's been subpar. And in our world today, and the kind of quality of media that's coming out of every single, you know, source and, and on every single platform is, you know, people, people are not giving eyes and ears, you know, to things that aren't excellent. And, mm. you know, you talked about the chosen and, you know, from, from the chosen to the wing feather saga, you know, an mm. animated series that was recently released to a number of other projects that have been coming forth, there is a massive shift to excellence in the yeah. Christian media space. And, you know, you take something like The Chosen, which is, you know, historical drama. They have done a brilliant job. You know, we're working in the wildly popular docu-series genre, you know, where there's yeah. nothing that's ever been done like what we're doing in that genre before. And so we get to join all of these other projects that are doing things with excellence and helping people to understand the biblical story in very moving and compelling ways. And so we just feel like this is a, this is something that God has been doing. And, and it started, you know, you can go back to some earlier films. I mean, even you know, the passion of the Christ was the first time where we were like, oh my goodness, like what Mel Gibson has done with this is this is on a quality that we've not seen Christian media before. And a lot of other people have done projects, but for us, we have an opportunity to capture an audience today that is both followers of Jesus and those who don't yet know him. And mm. what we don't want is for people to come across the sacred thread on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Apple TV and be turned off in the first 30 seconds because it's not done well. You know, we want mm. people to see it and to go, wow, that's the kind of quality I'm used to from a Nat Geo or Discovery Channel or whatever. And we want to be able to capture their attention long enough that they're able to hear the message that we're communicating. And mm. if we're able to capture their attention with excellence, the content of what we're trying to communicate to them is, is, is more powerful than just stunning production. It's the very mm. word of God being understood in its original context and made available for us in the 21st century in a way that allows people to rethink if they mm. have walked away from faith, you know, if they've walked away from the church, you know, one of the stats that just keeps me up at night is Barna released a, st a stat not long ago that said that 64% of 18 to 29 year olds will walk away from the church or their Christian faith as they transition to adulthood. Wow. And those are people that grew up in the church, not, not people who don't have a biblical background. And so we've got to reverse that. There's, 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 there's reasons why this is happening And we're just one piece of a large puzzle that I believe God is assembling to be able to help people 
to more accurately understand the very word of God, um, who God is, why Jesus came, what part we get to play, you know, here in life and to be able to understand God's word anew in order to live with greater clarity and focus the very life that we've been given today. Wow. And and that's why so for good. us, our first season is all in the Lord's prayer. I mean, if you took me to uh, a place in scripture, if you said to me, Brad, you've got, a, you've got one place in scripture that you can take someone to, to have this unbelievable understanding of who God is, why Jesus came and what our purpose is here on earth, I would take them to the Lord's prayer. You know, mm -hmm. it is so deep. It is so wide. I know you've seen that first episode, our father, mm -hmm. and, and, and we're going to work through every phrase in the Lord's prayer because Jesus believed that this prayer, if it was understood and lived out daily, it would change the world. Amen. And for many of us, the Lord's prayer just becomes something that, that we say or something that was just part of our upbringing. Jesus believed this prayer understood and lived out would change the world. And we want people to get a clear understanding and not just non-Christians, but for Christians to have their own faith reignited by going, I never knew that was in the text. I never knew that was part of God's word. I didn't realize that was what Jesus was doing in that. And to get excited anew and with that excitement and that learning to see with greater clarity, here are the things that I can do in my own life to be able to partner with Jesus in the work that he is doing here on earth to truly see his kingdom come, which is, you know, the essence of the Lord's prayer here on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. And so that's, wow. that's, that's our hope. And, and, you know, we've, we've got a very aggressive vision for season one. We want to see a hundred million people living out the Lord's prayer every day. Wow. And with our global distribution team and, and everybody we have in place, it's, it's attainable. It'll, it'll, it'll take, you know, several years to get there, but we believe that if people understand and live out the Lord's prayer, you know, lives change, families change, communities change, everything changes because literally Jesus distilled his entire ministry into the Lord's prayer. Cause it wasn't just a prayer that he was teaching people to pray. It was the very prayer that he was living out every day and Amen. training disciples to do the same. Wow. So we're, we're excited. We're excited about what God's going to do and, and, um, you know, we're continuing to give the timing and the fundraising and everything into his hands and just yeah. steward well what we have before us. Cause at the end of the day, he's responsible for the results. We, we want to put our best foot forward and, you know, steward relationships and work hard and be savvy and smart and, and you know, and mm. intelligent. But, you know, if, if, if we're able to do that, we can, we can open our hands and say, you know, Jesus, the results are up to you. And, Amen. use this in the way that you want to use it. So that's, so good. that's what we're excited about. Wow. Well, this podcast is rooted in connection and I think you're going to connect a lot of people to the story of the Bible, but I mean, where can people connect with you just with all that you're doing right now? Yeah. So walking the .com is a great place to start for people. So everything that we're doing is available there. Um, there's a hamburger in the upper right-hand corner that will link people to the other aspects within the larger umbrella of walking the text, people can get to the sacred thread through walkingthetext.com. If people are interested in watching the first episode, they can go to sacredthread.com or .tv. But everything is available at Walking the Text. And we have a free ebook when people sign up, just called The Number One Mistake Most Everyone Makes Reading the Bible. And it's just a very helpful 30-page 
um, short ebook that walks people through, hey, here's how you can grow in reading the Bible in its original context. Mm -hmm. Here's the framework that we're using at Walking the Text. Here are stories that you'll better understand by understanding this framework. And we also just provide a number of resources within that ebook because a lot of people are doing great things. And we also want to, you know, be a voice that promotes other great work that people are doing because we're all on the same team. You know, we're all on this yeah. together. We're all trying to grow and be a more effective follower of Jesus and, and maximize this one life that we've been given. And so we just want to be a resource. We want to be a guide, you know, we're coming alongside of, we have, you know, thousands and thousands of pastors that, you know, are engaging all of our stuff because they didn't get this education and, and wow. we want to be able to be a resource to pastors, you know, to followers of Jesus, people who are just interested in the Bible and be able to do that in a way that's helpful and compelling and walking the .com is a great place for people to go to find all those connected materials. So good. I feel so honored just to get a little bit of a front row seat into what you're doing and just to be able to connect with you um, the, the way that we have, you know, that would start out. I, we got a mutual connection as well. Len Vandenboss. I mean, you, you play a big part in just his ministry with, with the bills, but I think you, you embody what it means to be a leader that leads with humility. And I appreciate that about you. I think, I think God sees that. And I think that there's, there's a reason that you're getting fruit from what, what you're doing because God's seeing what you're doing and you're doing it the right way. And I just want to say publicly say thank you. And I'm excited. And I, I, I would say excited is an understatement. I feel like there's a Hebrew word that you could bring out from there to bring the true meaning into what true excitement looks like right now. But a hundred million people better believe I'll be praying and support you any way I can. So no, um, I appreciate that. No, well, thank you. You know, it's, there's a lot of amazing things that God is doing, um, you know, in middle Tennessee and just being, you know, a, a part of what God is doing in people's lives and in churches and in organizations and companies, just a lot of exciting things are happening. And I know that even at, you know, Ramsey, you know, it's just so much is, is underway and it's yeah. just fun to be part of a larger story that we've been invited into that God has graciously allowed us to be part of. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day and at the end of our life, we all want to stand before Jesus and say, Hey, I, I brought you glory by doing everything you asked me to do. Nothing more, nothing less. So, Amen. you know, Holy Spirit, help help us every day live into our our full identity as a follower of Jesus. So I, I appreciate, you know, your witness and, and what you are doing. And, you know, for everyone listening, we just have this amazing opportunity to partner with the living God of the universe and yeah, wherever God has placed us and whatever we get to do, um, God has strategically put us there. And, and yeah. every single job that we get to do is full-time ministry and we get an opportunity to 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 bear his name and 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 to put him on display and my hope is is that with walking the text and the sacred thread we're just providing additional resources and tools to help people to live into that identity well and uh so to good. be able to bear god's name name well in this world today so good well the last thing i, I want to ask you is Usually a final word of encouragement because I know you got to go, but what would your word in Hebrew be as we wrap up today? Very different. You're probably not asked this every day, but if you were to wrap up everything you're doing in the Hebrew language, what would it be? Yeah. So actually walking the text is based on the Hebrew word halak, which is H-A-L-A-K-H, mm -hmm. halak. -A -A -H, halak. It means to walk. 
Uh, it often gets translated as to live or to go. And it actually captures what we've been saying for, in a sense, thousands of years, walk the talk. Don't just say that you're going to do something like you actually need to walk it out in your life. And my big push at walking the text is like, we don't want people to become smarter. We want people to become more faithful. And good word. too often we receive all of this really great information, but the collection of great information doesn't change us. It's what we're learning. And then we're actively putting into play that we're actively walking out. That's where we receive and experience the transformational power of the word of God that is getting inside of us and doing something to us. And so I just, you know, we, we end every teaching episode with, you know, may you walk out the text well in your life. It's like, as we engage with the very word of God, let's not become just smarter. Let's not just learn more. Let's apply it. Let's live it out. And let's watch what God does in our own hearts to transform us. And then what God decides to do through us in order to impact the people around us. It's a good last word. Thank you, Brad. Hey, appreciate it, Noah. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Brad. And just to say thanks for listening towards the end today, Brad has shared with you all on the first episode of The Sacred Thread. I attached it in the show notes below, but you're not going to want to miss it. You mentioned it earlier. It's on the Lord's Prayer, and it is powerful. And remember, this is not your average Bible series TV show. I mean, Brad mentioned it. He wants to reach 100 million people, and you're getting a taste of what's to come with the sacred thread. So I'm so excited for that. I hope you are too. So be sure to check out the first episode and spread the word as this show is going to take off. And thank you again for listening to the Four Seas podcast. You heard it earlier in the show as well. I'm going to be releasing a few more episodes. One week is going to be longer format episodes. The other week is going to be shorter format. So five to 10 minutes, bite-sized chunks. We heard from enough of you and your wish is my command. So we're going to be doing a little bit more podcasting, which is exciting. So remember that the Four Seas podcast is all about connecting, trying to throw a wrench in this connection crisis that we find ourselves in. The best way that I've had conversations with people is over cigars, cider, and coffee. And obviously my last name's Corsten. So the Four Seas podcast is Corsten, Cigars, Coffee, and Cider. And until next time, we'll see you on the Four Seas podcast.